NFL Week 18 is upon us, and you know that you got to play somebody here. We got to play the slate. I know, cash game week, blah, blah, blah. Still money to be won, so we're going to talk about it today. We're going to get into the motivations for each team, and also I really hope that uh, startup delay wasn't too bad because it felt like it took a <laughs> took a while there, and I was just staring at the camera like an asshole. Either way, let's keep it moving here. Uh, we're going to talk about Week 18 motivations. Of course, we're going to do what we always do here. First, we're going to hand-build lineups here using the advanced analytics that I swear by from Sports Info Solutions, Pro Football Reference, and a bunch of others rolled in together. Next up, we're going to look at the projections and the ownership projections from Stochastic. Of course, projecting this week is a near impossibility, but we'll see what they do with that. And of course, try to work off of that. And then optimize lineups based off those projections as well to find out where the math is pushing people towards. Then last but not least, we're going to simulate some lineups to find out who the Sims think are the best plays for week 18. Let's find it out here. Let's hop into the screen share and let's do it. Shout out to the chat here. We got Nickel. We got Nolan. We got Justin. Appreciate you guys being here bright and early, ready to talk about some football. And look, I know, I know the Pete bit, of course, I've seen his, he's honestly at his funniest, I feel like <laughs> on Twitter this week with all the cash game tweets. Um, I know people want to go like, Hey, week 18 is chaos. I don't want to play it. I don't think it's fun to play it. I, I get it. I get it fully. But to me, there's money on the line. We we study football here. We prep for football. For football, we hopefully know football better than most of the field does. So I personally believe we should play the slates like they are in front of us, whether it's a bad slate, whether it's one of those slates where the pricing sucks, you don't have a lot of players you want to get to, you still show up and do it. And I think that's the case for week 18. We'll try to find whatever advantage we can here by digging into the motivations. Let's start this article from the football guys. And Steven's with me here. Embrace the chaos. I agree. So let's embrace the chaos. And shout out to the football guys article that's on the screen here. Of course, there's a premium version of it with more details. I personally don't need more details. I got enough from this part. So we're going to use this one. Uh, games with both teams motivated. Of course, Buffalo and Miami. Uh, both teams playing for the AFC East. Buffalo wins. They are in. If they lose, they are out. So uh, Buffalo, about as motivated as could be. Atlanta and New Orleans, both teams competing for the NFC South. Uh, so that is going to be a game where they're playing for it. Theoretically, still a Maybe well, it's not a long shot for either team, uh, but definitely a lot of ways the NFC South can work out that I don't even think it's worth trying to dig into because, frankly, I don't even know all the computations on it. Minnesota at Detroit, both teams motivated there. They are technically both in play for better seating. Minnesota still playing for a playoff spot. Houston and Indianapolis, both teams motivated there because they can win and they are in. And if the Jags lose, they both can win the AFC South. So uh, that is how that looks for a Saturday night game. Uh, that's not on the main slate, though. Games with one team motivated. Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Baltimore has the bye locked up. It doesn't matter for them. They're resting all their starters. Besides maybe Odell, who has some uh, some bonuses that he can hit. Uh, but we'll see. Even he might be resting this week. Pittsburgh, though, still playing for the playoff spot. Still a shot to make it. Uh, I think not a fantastic shot, but still one where they can get in. Jacksonville, Tennessee. Jacksonville, if they win, they are the AFC South champions. If they lose, they could still make it, but they need some people to bail them out to get into the playoffs. So Jacksonville, full go motivation here. Tampa Bay playing for that playoff spot in the NFC South as well. Baker Mayfield playing for a big contract bonus. I think he gets $1 million if he makes the playoffs. So uh, he was on a smaller deal this year. So his playoff bonus would actually be pretty big. It actually might be more than a million because I think I saw somewhere that if he wins, he's basically doubling his contract for the year. So uh, Baker very much motivated here has been banged up this week, but Tampa Bay full go. Seattle playing against the playoffs. Dallas playing for the NFC East. Philadelphia and Dallas both playing for both the NFC East as well as potentially, uh, potentially have the two seed and having a uh, shot at having home field at least the second round if not also in the in the conference championship if the Niners somehow don't get there Philadelphia again same thing for them Chicago Green Bay Green Bay can get in with a win I believe and maybe I think they might need something else to happen Chicago playing spoiler here but I, they might have a faint playoff hope uh but still they're playing full go I think so they're saying one team motivated here um, I, I don't think Chicago actually has a playoff hope but they seem like they're going to be full go. Justin Fields has talked about wanting to beat the Packers this week. Um, everything that Chicago has put out there publicly so far seems like they're
that they're going to be full go trying to stop Green Bay, much like Detroit stopped Green Bay last year. And I guess if we're going to make the case, then uh, Detroit took the big leap after stopping Green Bay for making the playoffs last year. Maybe this year, uh, Chicago stops Green Bay and then makes the big leap next year. If they bring back Justin Fields, we'll find out. Games where nothing matters. And these are not games that we're going to fade entirely, but it does make it harder to figure out where you don't expect the starters to get full go. A guy like Brees Hall playing in a meaningless game, maybe he doesn't get as much work because we don't want to injure him, of course, heading into 2024 and a campaign that's going to matter for him next year, potentially competing for a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers back. Uh, but these games, Cleveland and Cincinnati, Kansas City Chargers, of course, getting Blaine Gabbert starting in that game for Kansas City. So that shows you uh, how little that matters. Rams, San Francisco, both teams are locked in there. A lot of starters being rested in that game. And Denver at Las Vegas, nothing matters in that game. But it doesn't mean these games don't matter for DFS, but it does mean that in terms of the motivations there, we're talking backups, we're talking guys maybe not getting full run. We're also talking maybe guys who do get full run in unexpected ways and then have the outlier performance they want because they're heading into a contract year, trying to maintain their spot on the team or improve their spot on the team. Um, so these are the main things to keep in mind here is that uh, even though teams aren't motivated, still can be some motivation for people involved within it with that in mind i'm gonna actually push the the hand build after the projections and optimizer because i think we need to get a read on projections first actually hand build a line that has any shot of even cashing in this one uh good fucking more bitches respectfully thank you thank you tyler appreciate that as always tyler great for morale in the room calling everybody bitches to start the morning as we all as we all know and love here all right so projections i thought i refreshed these i did not apparently so let's refresh it again Oh, of course, make make me look like an asshole, Stochastic. I'm converting so many subscriptions on Stochastic. Of course, if you do want the data that I use here from Stochastic, make sure to check the link in the description. Save yourself 15% any package that includes NFL data, NBA data, even college basketball data, like whatever they have. Uh, you can get 15% off the link in the description down below. So check that out at Stochastic. Uh, projections here. So this is, there we go. Seeding land. That's why it's in the thumbnail. Dallas motivated. Dallas also playing Washington. Washington not motivated. It is a potential disaster spot for Washington where obviously that defense has given up a lot of production on the year. We know CeeDee Lamb getting the highest upside he's had all year long in that last game against Detroit. He's now playing the worst defense he's faced. Uh, CeeDee Lamb is chalk. He is deserved chalk. He's a guy where the motivation's not in question. The upside's not in question. The price tag, a little bit of a question at 9,300, but obviously highest projected player on the slate. It's still a pretty good value at 2.6x value expected for him. Dak Prescott, uh, same matchup as well. Uh, let me put, just make this main slate. So we're not worrying about the Bills game, which will not be on that main slate. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, Dak Prescott, 1-2. Of course, again, same match versus Washington. We know that one's been one we've been targeting all year. Seeing upside for guys like Tommy DeVito, Dak Prescott, hitting his upside here would not be a shocker. Of course, you are paying a steep price tag, 17-3 for just Dak and CeeDee Lamb combined. So uh, if you are paying for that Dallas versus Washington stack, you are going to be eating up a lot of salary, and that's going to make it pretty tough. Uh, but there's still values, though, so you can get there. I think it definitely is a logic to that one. Justin Jefferson, again, both teams motivated in this game. So Jefferson, uh, 22 implied or 22 projected points for him. Jalen Hurts just shy of 21 for him. Again, a game that matters versus the Giants. Uh, we've wanted to see Jalen Hurts have a ceiling versus the Giants recently. It hasn't really happened in the, the biggest way. Uh, but Jalen Hurts, again, they are playing for their lives. A lot of, as I talked about earlier in the week, a lot of bad juju floating around that Eagles locker room. A lot of guys point, kind of pointing fingers, uh, slash really saying that they need to get it together for themselves and not blame the coaches. It's on them. So uh, I think if we're going to see an Eagles big week, this is probably it. But I've felt that way for about a month now, including last week against that, uh, the Cardinals, and they lost that game outright. So uh, the Eagles going the wrong way, but Jalen Hurts definitely in play as a pivot point to Dak Prescott. Uh, Tony Pollard comes in at number five again. A high total match versus Washington. Tony Pollard's salary is the only guy coming down to a reasonable level because Tony Pollard stinks. But if there were a week to trust Tony Pollard, it's a week where he's got a 20-point projection, a $6,500 salary, and a 3.2x value metric.
top value plays right now, according to Stochastic. And one thing I'll point out too, it seems like Stochastic currently has Eli Mitchell in, but does have Jordan Mason getting a good projection. ETR does not have Eli Mitchell in, has Jordan Mason getting the best projection on the entire slate. So do what you will with that. Uh, but Jordan Mason at 4,600, one of the top values and could be even a, a higher value if Stochastic updates and pulls Eli Mitchell. Eli Mitchell's been ill this week, uh, so he's not been practicing. Or the game has been full go, but I think he's not practicing. Uh, Christian Kirk, he was injured, now coming back seemingly. So uh, he is a 3K play, 13-3 salary. It's going to be in cash games. So if you are uh, following the Pete Overs at lead, uh, you could certainly play yourself some Christian Kirk here. He's the value play du jour. Chargers D also coming up pretty highly here as one of the top values on the slate. They've also been terrible all year, so I'm not sure if I'm buying into that one. But playing Blaine Gabbert, you get why that would be the case. Um, I personally think that that... I mean, it kind of screams to me one way to get leverage on the field is going to be potentially to play some some Chiefs stuff. Uh, maybe Gabbert, maybe I, I imagine Rasheed Rice wouldn't go, but maybe this is your week for, uh, I don't know, for one of the backup Chiefs wide receivers who can get there with Gabbert. But seeing that Chargers D so highly projected, uh, it's, it's still a Chargers D that's been beaten up by everybody. So I really think that for that one, um, a little bit questionable of it. Uh, Jordan Mason, again, top three value could be even higher. Nick Mullins, number four, uh, presumably starting again for Minnesota after things did not work out for Jaron Hall last week. And Noah Gray, top five value as well with Travis Kelsey, not likely involved this week. Um, that should cover that pretty well. Ownership. Let's look at that. And again, I would say that based off the ETR projection, based off of even Stochastic's projection, I don't think that this is going to necessarily reflect Jordan Mason's true ownership. Uh, this also needs to be refreshed too. Uh, refreshing it right now. Shout out to everybody strolling in here as I'm trying to give you guys the best info I can. Obviously, there's so many things moving around here. And frankly, so many things that I don't have fully locked away in my brain in terms of if this team wins, then this team, like that, that stuff is really tough to dig into. But we'll try to wrap our heads around. And of course, if you have anything that I'm wrong about, chat, feel free to chime in and correct me because um, there's obviously a lot of playoff motivation things that can move differently. Uh, but for the main slate ownership projection, CD Lamb, top projected overall, Tony Pollard, number two, Christian Kirk, getting that value metric, 3K for him coming off the groin injury slash testicular torsion that he had 21% ownership going his way. Uh, Zamir White going against Denver, 19% ownership. Of course, we talked about that game. Doesn't matter for either team, but players are motivated. Zamir White could be the new running back in Las Vegas next year. He's, I think shown enough with Josh Jacobs out. Uh, we'll see what he does here, but uh, I think that certainly Zamir White at 6K going to be in play. going to be a chalk play as well, potentially. And Trey McBride, 18% ownership for him. So those are your top five projected on players. Guys that are 10%, and there's really a flat ownership once you get past CeeDee Lamb. Um, kind of surprised to see Dak not picking up more, but Dak at 13%. Fine to guess. I think Dak gets closer to 20 just because of the fact that, again, uh, what do we talk about with playoff best ball? Like, what's the thing that people get the most comfortable with? It's like when they know this team is locked in the playoffs, they know that uh, there's somebody here who's going to be hitting in a major way uh, because, like, they're, you know, they're or not even hitting in a major way. Like, they're just assured to get a game. So I think that because of the fact that like people are going to know, hey, Dallas can win the NFC East. Uh, they also are competing potentially for a higher seed. Um, can also get some home field advantage for themselves. Obviously not the full home field advantage because that's going to belong to the Niners. I think that Dak gets steamed up. So I would just watch out for that because I don't buy this 13%. Um, shout out to Snowman, by the way. Very nice guy here. I uh, talking to him yesterday in the comments. Glad to see some new names piling in here on the channel. Uh, always trying to help out new people and also just get new opinions in here. So uh, if you are new around here, feel free to chime in. Always glad to hear from you guys. Uh, other things to note here, guys, under 10%, Justin Fields under 10%, again, really think that Chicago is going to potentially get off on the idea of playing spoiler. Um, I also does independent of the main slate against uh, the Miami game is going to be on Sunday night. So uh, not a game that we're playing for the main slate. I really feel like, and I was talking about it during a playoff basketball video. 
really feel like Buffalo is a team that we've all kind of assumed. I especially think I've kind of assumed that they've gone on this run. They look so good. It really feels like it'd be appropriate for this Buffalo year that they have this run under, under Joe Brady. Things is looking better. And then he's getting knocked out in the last game. <laughs> and I think that's kind of how I'm thinking that's going to go now. So I feel awful about all the bills I've been drafting in playoff basketball, to be clear, because of that. Uh, but obviously a very fragile spot there where that is winner they're in and lose and they are out. And the bills do not need to lose and be out. Um, but Justin Fields, again, same thing, where I think you've got to be motivated versus Green Bay. I like being under 10% owned. Um, we'll see if that holds because it does feel like Justin Fields with how he's played recently. Um, and it is a make or break game for him too. Like if the bear, the bear's going to bring him back, like he's got to have one more good game, like to sell him on it. So we'll see what happens. But Justin Fields, I think very appealing this week. Um, any studs here that are really noteworthy? We talked about Seattle being motivated. All of Seattle's guys under 10% ownership. So maybe a Kenneth Walker against Arizona can get there. Obviously, Zach Charbonnet still taking some touches away, but Walker, as I think, kind of secured the role a little bit more in recent weeks. Um, Tyler Lockett still in the mix as well. DK Metcalf under 10%. It's definitely one that stands out with Seattle being a motivated team and having this many guys under 10% ownership. Terry McLaurin maybe has a bring back for Dallas stuff. A way to get lower owned there under 10% for him. Uh, Mike Evans, a game, a game that's again full motivation. Last year, Mike Evans' biggest game of the year, of course, in that week 17, that uh, nobody had him in BBM, unfortunately, because he didn't help advance teams and didn't somehow sneak onto a roster. Uh, but Mike Evans blasted uh, Carolina last year. Obviously, a different team, a uh, year to year, different coach, actually, you know, two different coaches from Carolina last year. But Mike Evans under 10% owned. We know the ceiling there. AJ Brown, very angry again. He's under 10%. Jordan Love playing for the playoffs after having his best game of the year, you know, I think a lot of ways uh, last week. Jordan Love under 10% as well. So a lot of guys under 10% that you can play. So to the brave for all of you out there, if you really want to go heavy on these guys, uh, you can do that. You also probably don't need as much to get over the field on them. But because people just get paralyzed by not knowing what to play, I think it does offer you some advantages here where we have teams that we just saw are playing for very clear playoff motivation and they're not being owned. So do what you will with that. Let's look at the fantasy cruncher here. Of course, what we're going to do is build 25 lineups. It's not going to tell us exactly what the uh, field's going to play on Sunday, but it is going to tell us where the math is going to push people towards. And that's always the goal here of running the optimizer on fantasy cruncher. And you can see we did get, or we are getting in the works here, 100% Tony Pollard, 100% CeeDee Lamb, 100% Jordan Mason, and 96% Demario Douglas. You're also getting Ronnie Bell popping up, which is a little bit of a surprise. Ronnie Bell uh, definitely been solid this year, had some good preseason reports, also has filled him when Brandon Ayuk has been hurt in the past, has gotten a few more routes when Debo's been out. Um, so Ronnie Bell, definitely an interesting player um, in terms of playing that proxy for Brandon Ayuk. You know, that said, uh, Sam Darnold starting that game potentially, I think would not be uh, obviously as good as Brock Purdy starting, but it's also not that bad. I think Ronnie Bell actually uh, surprised to see him in here, but at 3,200, kind of interesting pivot points of Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk's role more solid. Obviously, Jags, again, motivated, have to win that game to go and get into the playoffs. Um, but Jordan Mason, Ronnie Bell, uh, they're coming up a lot. Mario Douglas, 4,400 coming up a lot as well. Gets a Jets defense that's not really playing for anything. So maybe if you are going to attack the Jets defense, that's the week to do it. Um, if I had to say which guy I would want to fade out of this group, that's coming up a lot here. Demario Douglas is definitely the one. Uh, yeah, no pop Douglas for Steven here, of course, our local Patriots fan. Whether this week is going to be horrible at Gillette. I mean, Pop's not getting like downfield targets, so I don't know. I wouldn't make that be the reason to not play Demario Douglas. The fact, too, that he does get him out of, a good amount of slot routes um, on the year. Let me see where Pop is performing here because I know he plays both outside and the slot. Um, yeah, Pop on the year is 55 targets in the slot compared to 12 out wide. 
So like, I think for, for Demario Douglas, like I think he's in the best possible match against the jets. And also again, a lower a dot for Demario Douglas pop Douglas as well. Uh, 7.8 air yards per target, which is lower than Devonte Parker, lower than even Jalen Rager. Of course, that kind of makes sense. The Rager getting any targets, a bit of a surprise. Uh, so I, I wouldn't worry about that. I think just don't play Demario Douglas. If you think he sucks, but I wouldn't worry about the weather. Uh, maybe with bad weather, the ball will actually be on target. That's true. Uh, it's not like they've been hitting the receivers currently. So maybe uh, a little bit of a variable <laughs> could help them out. Uh, team stacks, another valuable thing to see here on the cruncher too. So we would expect based off of this, that every lineup this weekend will have at least two Cowboys. Um, and that's not going to be the case. Obviously, again, this is what the math pushes people towards, but like, Two player stacks, 16 of them out of 25. Three player stacks, seven out of 25. Four player stacks, two out of 25. So you're basically saying that every single lineup has at least two Cowboys. To me, that seems like you should be trying to consolidate production then into one Cowboy. And that means playing one of Tony Pollard, playing one of CeeDee Lamb. If you really want to go for the gusto, you play one of Brandon Cooks and then hope that he somehow encapsulates all the production. But that's one way to get unique on the slate is going to be that people really are going to cram in Cowboys. It is logical to cram in Cowboys because A, they're playing Washington and B, they are motivated trying to win the NFC East. Uh, but at the same token, if it's going to come up this naturally, this easily with projections and also hand builders are going to get there too, um, it does feel like you could definitely, you could fade the Cowboys entirely if you want to really go for the gusto or you just play one Cowboy and hope they really uh, are the only outlier slash they consolidate all the production for themselves. That's going to be one way to get unique. Um, also, a lot of two players from the Niners, 19 out of 25 have two Niners in them. Uh, 10 out of 25 have two Vikings. I wouldn't worry about that quite as much. But the Niners and Cowboys here are the two where they're getting into every lineup with the, with the, Niners, I get it because they're so cheap, uh, but obviously we do expect the Niners to be a little bit less effective. Uh, team total for the Niners this week. Where is that at? The only 22.3 implied points for the Niners with all their guys expected to be out. So for the Niners, you know, I, I think the price points are tough to fade, but the production is not really expected to be there in a big way. So I think that's one that to keep in mind. Uh, but you, I think the safer play would be to try to play one Cowboy than to fade the value of Jordan Mason and even a Ronnie Bell. Uh, but this is, man, what an ugly like lineup. I, I get, you know, I get the Pete bit when you look at <laughs> these projected lineups where a Nick Mullins single with Jordan Mason and Zamir White as your running backs, Tony Pollard in the flex, Noah Gray as your tight end, Bengals D. Like this is, this is awful. This is just an awful configuration. Uh, but, you know, it is the Bengals D going against Jeff Driscoll. So that's another way, I guess, to get some leverage potentially against the potentially chalky defense. Um, Chargers D also 56% of lineups here. Just noting that real fast. All right, now let's hand build. Now let's hand build. What do, what do we do, man? That was That's a lot of info <laughs> to work through. All right. I think Jordan Mason we have to put in. Um, Jordan Mason seemingly uh, back to the number three back with Eli Mitchell uh, reclaiming the role, I guess, with Christian McCaffrey out last week. Jordan Mason uh, been healthy this week in practice. Again, we do have Eli Mitchell ill this week, uh, maybe not in the game. We'll see if he's active or not. If he's active, there is a risk that Jordan Mason ends up not being the top back. So I would watch that one closer to lock on Sunday. For right now, though, Eli Mitchell being hurt. Eli Mitchell also seemingly factoring more into the playoff plans. You think they want to keep Eli Mitchell healthy when it has been very hard to do that for them over the last two years. So I think Jordan Mason... You can critique Jordan Mason. I do think for tournaments as well. If you had Jordan Mason and Eli Mitchell active, um, even if you had like Tyrion Davis Price active, uh, if you had anybody active in that backfield is not Jordan Mason. Uh, they are very much a live tournament pivot, even though the Niners, uh, the ranking of trust, definitely McCaffrey, 
Uh, Mason and Mitchell, I think, are kind of 1A, 1B, though it felt like Mitchell pulled ahead last week. And then anybody else could be in that mix for them getting some work. So Mason, I would say the most trusted play this week at that Niners backfield. But anybody who's active, you could take a dart at uh, because Mason's ownership is going to get really high. Um, all right, we're going to try to consolidate Dallas production. We're going to take the the chalk of CeeDee Lamb. I think CeeDee Lamb is still a great play here. I think the hero play is really Brandon Cooks, though. But CeeDee Lamb, man, like how open he got last week against Detroit. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, to me, is operating on like another level, even compared to, I mean, how Justin Jefferson has played this year. I would say, to some respects, how Tyreek has played this year, where so many of Tyreek's targets are him like going in motion. And look, he's been great. Like I'm not trying to shit on any of these guys. But I think the way that CeeDee Lamb is playing right now, um, for him to just like go against the Commander's D that has been beaten by much worse players, really feel like for CeeDee Lamb, this is a spot where you can trust him the most out of these guys. Again, for tournaments, though, like obviously you can always go against anybody. Like that's sort of what tournaments are. For CD, though, like for a hand build, for a single entry here, I don't know how I would fade CeeDee Lamb this build. So I'm going to go CeeDee Lamb as my wide receiver. And we're not going to go Dak at QB. Um, at QB... How do we get different here? People are going to play Christian Kirk, obviously, at that 3K salary. I don't know if that's the move. Um, oh, man, they even have him on IR still on here. So that's kind of interesting because that's if that stays, if that doesn't update here on DraftKings over the weekend, you probably see Kirk's ownership be a little bit lower for the hand builders out there just because of the fact that they are not paying enough attention to know that Christian Kirk is coming back, supposedly. Uh, but Christian Kirk was in practice this week, a limited participant. So we got to get upgraded to full, hopefully, today. Uh, but Christian Kirk, if he is in, a solid play to go to. And the way I'm going to try to get different with this one or different with this one is going to be Trevor Lawrence. So, so he's still limited. I think he's got to go here because it is a win. Like they have to win the game. So I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence with Christian Kirk and try to make that work um, because Trevor Lawrence could run for a couple touchdowns. I don't think we need to do a double stack of Jags or anything like that. And I think honestly on the slate too, well, you do, man. So because there's so many uncertain parts for this slate, you can make the case that like double, triple stacking a game that has motivation is probably a good move because you're just decreasing the amount of things that you have to get right where that's always the case for a tournament. But for this week, especially, you have to not only get right um, like the, the stack itself, but you also have to get right like which teams are going to be motivated, which teams are going to be playing their guys for four quarters and all that. So I do think that like the mega stack of like a QB plus three has a little bit more appeal. Um, so I'm actually, I'm not going to do the single. I think I've talked myself into it. Let's go Ingram here as well. And let's hope that a QB plus two can do it. And I do think you make the case to put in Ridley here too, and just really hope that the Jags put up a lot of points against Tennessee pass defense. We know is not very good. Of course, on the year, Tennessee's pass defense, uh, 0.01 EPA per drop back allowed, 0.01 EPA per pass. So positive metrics allowed there. 73% completion rate and throws of under 20 air yards, good for a 0.2 EPA. Throws of over 20 air yards, 5% uh, temp rate allowed there, good for a 0.6 EPA. They're not good defending the pass is really the main thing there. So um, I think you make the case to go to a triple here, but it is a single entry, so let's just look for the double. Who do you think the cash optimal QB is? Um, I mean, we would go back to the cruncher for that. Seems like it's Nick Mullins. Um, Nick Mullins, the low price tag, high projection would be what I would play over it. If you're trying to play the ownership game for your cash line, it would be Dak. But I think it's it's got to be Mullins or Dak uh, based on the projections and the ownership. <laughs> what a pre what a pretty good show. I thought this was a great show. <laughs> what happened to Gamblestein? We lost Gamblestein's one catchphrase here. Uh, all right, what else can we put in here at running back? 
Zamir White makes a perfect amount of sense to me as well. Um, I don't hate that play. I wonder if we're getting a little bit too chalky with that one. Um, Kyron Williams not going to be a go this week because the Rams are sitting everybody. So keep that in mind here because he's not currently have a tag on him. Um, Rashad White playing in a game with motivation. He was awful last week. I think buying the Rashad White dip has some appeal too. ATN could add into this Jag stack, though I think we're getting a little bit thin with that one. Oh, man. I think Rashad White. Rashad White kind of speaking to me a little bit after he really disappointed me last week. Um, in my Millie Maker line, of course, if you recall, putting up less than 10 points, one of his worst games of the year. Rashad White, though, besides that, you know, we're talking 20 points, 20 points, 20 points, a game that matters too, and they now absolutely have to win. Kind of feel like Rashad White gets a few more checkdowns to keep the ball moving. I think Rashad White's going to be it for me at running back. Um, still don't hate going to Zamir White as well. We go, we got two Whites, <laughs> one lineup. Uh, let's let's look at Zamir. Zamir at running back flex against Denver. They're going to be able to run the ball because Denver's not going to be able to put up points. And we got low ownership by going to Rashad White. So we have the chalk running back duo here with Mason and Zamir White. I think we got the ownership down with the Rashad White part. This Jag stack, I think we'll also get the ownership down a little bit uh, for CeeDee Lamb's sake. So <laughs> that's that's I couldn't figure out what a good joke would be with it. But yeah, that's that's it. Whereas the Bucks wide receivers ownership coming in was super low at the beginning of the week. I, I just showed that one. Um, Evans under 10%. I assume Godwin even lower. But Evans was uh, under 7, according to Stochastic. Godwin at 7 flat. So, yeah, both guys at 7%, basically. But, yes, I agree that their motivation is strong. Um, we would not have an issue playing Mike Evans with Rashad White either. But um, I think White's a little bit of a safer play because I just don't think Carolina is going to get a lot of production going. I thought that, honestly, Bryce Young made some strides a couple weeks ago. And he, that came right back down to earth last week in a way that I don't trust Carolina to put the pressure on him enough, especially like Carolina in particular, where they are full one, two, three Cancun mode. And I don't even get the sense they like their new coach. Uh, so like uh, the guy who's filling in, of course, uh, Chris, whatever his name is, who was a special teams coach. Um, so yeah, I think that I get wanting to push in a lot of bucks. I don't think the bucks need to do a lot to win this game personally. But they are the most motivated or one of the most motivated out there. So I get the approach and wanted to do that. Um, defense. We're going to go on defense. Want to go against ideally a team that is not playing for anything. I would think uh, with a defense that is motivated for something would be pretty nice. Carolina missing most of their secondary. I, I get it. Um, but you need Carolina to push because like unless Mike Evans is going to put up three touchdowns in the first half and that's the entire day for him. Uh, I don't which I don't foresee happening. I, I don't think that like I don't think Mike Evans sees enough work because I think Tampa Bay can win this game by putting up 14 points. Um, but we'll see. Obviously, like I, I think your guys' guesswork around that is solid because, again, we're talking about a team with motivation who has shown upside for a lot of different players in that offense. But I feel like, to me, Rashad White's the one that I would trust. And if you're playing Bucks, like I think you got to really hope that like Carolina keeps it within a touchdown for most of that game. And then you see Mike Evans get a full four quarters actually you know, getting targeted. Um, cause otherwise it's like, you know, if they put that score up early, they then are trying to not hurt these guys heading into the playoffs, knowing that Carolina is not going to put up points against them. So kind of a, a weird push pull in that spot. All right. Defense is here. So who do the defense we want to go to again? The chargers D was pretty appealing. I mean, it's well projected and we have a, a low enough ownership now that I think we can just go with chargers D and accept the projection on that one. So let's go chargers D 4,500 left for one more wide receiver slot. We could really play whatever we want at wide receiver. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, the, he probably doesn't fit the criteria of guys that would be a full sit this week, I would think. It's also possible, I don't know if it's likely, it's possible that Demarcus Robinson absorbs the wide receiver one role for the week. Um, he's been the really clear number three receiver, so they might want to keep him healthy. It might be smarter to go to 2-2. Two -two. 
because Tutsi was earlier in the year competing for that role with he was competing for the role with um, Puka actually in the preseason where uh, they're competing for that competing for that Z role or no not, not the Z role uh, the F role I think is what they call it in the Rams where when Cooper Cup was hurt in the preseason it was like Puka and Tutu were competing for it and they expected it to be have between those two guys and the Puka was so good that he took the role away I think it's possible that Tutu Atwell. It's it's one of Demarcus Robinson or Tutu Atwell that absorbs the kind of entire Rams production. You know that said, Carson Wentz throw him the ball this week, uh, so I think that's definitely a risk point. But um, yeah, I'm going. I'm sticking with Tutu. I think Tutu's the play, but Demarcus Robinson, I think, also a perfectly fine play. Uh, we can upgrade one more spot here. I don't want to upgrade off of the Jags because I think that bet makes sense to me. Let's see if we can get anything off of the Chargers because the Chargers will be defensive chalk. Eagles D. You know, the offense hasn't put it down. The Eagles D carrying them one week against a Giants team that we know is still not that good, even though Tyrod obviously a better QB outlay than Tommy DeVito. Actually, we could also just straight up correlate with Bucks. So this is how we'll make the bet. Okay, so we're saying, you know, I talked about the Mike Evans part. I think Mike Evans has to see Carolina production to have the outlier day. Obviously, Rashad White just needs the Bucks D to completely shut down the Panthers. So let's go this way. We'll go Bucks D. My final team here with this hand build. There we go. Justin, same page. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Jordan Mason, Rashad White, uh, CeeDee Lamb, Christian Kirk, Tutu Atwell, Evan Ingram, Zamir White. Again, two white. Can't get these whites together in a room, man. <laughs> Buccaneers D. That's going to be our team. Never trust Matt Patricia. I agree, but that's, you know, if that makes the Eagles D less owned in a spot where they're playing a dog shit team and with uh, what's the spread in this game? Man, only a five and a half point spread favoring the Eagles on the road. I get they're on the road. I get the Eagles have had some flaws and just blew a game last week. But man, like that should be a six and a half point spread. I think seven and a half, maybe. Um, a lot of love though. That man, that, like Vegas thinks it's a competitive game. So whatever. Could be wrong about that one. Uh, would Charbonnet be a lock if Walker sits? Wouldn't say a lock, but he definitely become a more appealing play. His price tag would be pretty much like Jordan Mason territory. So yeah, I think you'd probably see if that were the case, you'd probably see a lot of Mason, Charbonnet, Zamir White lineups filling up at running back and people trying to pay up for CeeDee Lamb would be my guess. And Charbonnet would be a good play. Like, uh, again, I like Charbonnet as a prospect, but I think that he would be one of the chalkiest plays of the week, yeah. You know, my buddies have actually concluded this year that uh, T-Law is actually ass cheeks. This week is different, obviously, but his upside this year is locked, or his lack, rather. Uh, I think this must be mostly due to the coordinator change. Um, possibly. I, I do think in general that um for Trevor Lawrence, I, I wasn't big on him at his ADP in the offseason. So uh nothing that he's doing this year or not doing is a big surprise to me. Um, but I think with Trevor Lawrence, like he's played better in the back half of the season, he's played better in a lot of stretches. I, I think that for him, you're targeting the upside and the must-win part of it. And he's definitely a guy that if he doesn't get in the playoffs this year, like this year's a colossal failure. And I think that's something for the Jags. And honestly, like I don't know if it gets Doug Peterson fired, but I think it's pretty close to getting Doug Peterson fired. So I think that for Trevor Lawrence, I would trust just the fact that like the rubber's meeting the road this week for him. But let's sim it. Let's find it out. Of course, if you're new around here, I know this stream has been extra chaotic, even relative to my normal standards, but please subscribe down below. Please hit the like button. Splash play on that March to 4K subs now, 5K subs, 10K subs, a million K subs, and we can't do it without you guys joining here. Of course, half the people who watch Splash Play are not normally subscribed, so if you're not subscribed, just get the videos in here. Of course, Monday to Friday, 11 a.m., you'll get it in your notifications, you'll get it in your subscriptions and all that, so uh, do it here. Do it for us, do it for you, and of course, hit that join button down below for $4.99 a month. If you want my data for the week as well, I'll be dropping the data sheet after this video, so uh, check that out, of course, if you are a paying member here on Splash Play.
Checking the comments here. Also going to drink some water. Let's see. No way do they fire Peterson. I think if the Jags will make the playoffs, I think it's a little more live than you think. Um, it's also like there's so much worse than last year. And again, this this happened in Philly. Like he he just had the one year, the one year of success, which frankly might have been a little more coordinator driven, no pun intended, given that Frank Reich, I think deserves a lot of the credit for that offense. Um, and then it just got worse. It just got worse, it just got worse. Um, I don't know. I agree that he's not likely to get fired, but them not making the playoffs would be like a colossal failure in a level that I think somebody's heads are gonna roll, but it's probably more of like a coordinator level heads rolling. Let's see. All right. Uh, the way that gamble scene is digging in makes me feel even more confident that Doug Peterson could get fired if they lose. But I also don't think they're going to lose. So that's the other part of it. Uh, Sharps be fun against Arizona if Walker is out, though. I agree. I would love to see Zach Sharp and he get the full run against like a defense. It's got nothing to offer against him. Um, are you are you fucking dense? <laughs> they were fuck. They were almost. They were in the AFC title game last year. Like, yes, it'd be a colossal failure to have your young team regress and not make the playoffs after being in the fucking top of the division. Stop chatting, Gamblestein. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here with that. All right, like you want your young team to improve year after year. You don't want to see them regress and have less good play at every position in the course of a year and then not make the playoffs against teams that were basically not supposed to make the playoffs this year. One with a rookie QB, one who lost their rookie QB and is now starting Gardner Minshew. Think, think. <laughs> I love Gamblestein, but Jesus, man, <laughs> why would it be a colossal failure? No ball, no ball. The sim is taking forever, so I have to yell at somebody to fill the airtime. All right, here's your sim. Let's simulate it out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's that's correct. That's correct. Yeah, the rookie contract thing I wasn't even thinking about, too. So, yes, a double whammy of fucking absolute incompetence if they don't make the playoffs. Just a, a disaster for Jackson if they don't make the playoffs. Um, I presume it's 30% to first this week in the Millie Maker. Let's make sure. All right. So yes, it is actually almost 50% to first in the Millie Maker this week. So yes, we are running the 30% to first here on the same. Of course, the Stochastic Sims do is they build 10,000 lineups, have to compete against each other 40,000 times. And that's what that process looks like. If you want to upload your own custom projections, you do that right there. And of course, if you want to save 50% in a Stochastic package, check the link in the description down below, save 15%. I'm not, I mean, this is like, yes, I'm getting stubborn, but I'm also 100% correct. You also get stubborn. I don't need all the chats that are completely wrong, bud. <laughs> Gamblestein reflecting on himself as much as on me. It is, a, it is a gross payout schedule. It is, I'm sure it is not a flat payout structure. I just out of curiosity. Let's see what it is. So yeah, first place, 1 million, second place, 100,000, third place, 40,000. Could you imagine the tilt if you max entered this and you get and you like put in? Obviously, I'm not max entering. Most of us are not max entering the Millie Maker because we know you don't have the money to do it, A, but also like it's just a, a losing cause. But if you're one of those pros putting it in and you finish 11th place and you don't make a profit, it would be a disaster too. A disaster on the level of not making the playoffs with your team that was in the fucking conference title game last year and looked like they were going to make a leap. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable. Charles, late to the party. There's no such thing as late here on Splashway. The show goes on. You can always rewind backwards to see all the, the glory you missed, including all the team motivations and all that we did earlier in the video. Oh, boy. Gamblestein getting me worked up. Not a failure. Get the fuck out of here. Not a failure to, 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 lose, to lose your divisional spot, to lose your conference or your division title to a team that is running the backup QB that's your former QB as a team. Yeah, it's not a failure at all.
Yes, this is a disaster. Do you not get what a disaster is? It's a disaster for the Bengals too. It's it's it's, it's a fucking absolutely. Anytime you use a, you lose a year of a team that's got upside to win a Super Bowl, it's a disaster. That's what NFL is, man. Whoa, whoa! I am blown away. <laughs> Let's favor the top one fifty. Top ROI lineup: Derek Carr, Alvin Kamara, Tony Pollard, Jamar Chase, Chris Olave, Christian Kirk, Trey McBride, Jordan Mason, Chargers. So you're seeing the New Orleans stack in New Orleans playing for that playoff spot. So uh, that is shut up, shut up, Gamblestein. Uh, it's enough. You can't call me stubborn and drop and be the entire fucking chat is full of the Kool-Aid man being incorrect. That's stubborn. Get out of here. I, I hate to do this to a paying member, Gamblestein. Take a lap. Take a five-minute lap. Uh, other lineups that we have to look at here. Jalen Hurts, another top ROI one. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara might not play. Keep that in mind. If this is the week that Kendra Miller goes off, that's that's all I have to say about that. Jalen Hurts, Alvin Kamara, Tony Pollard, A.J. Brown, Adam Thielen, Christian Kirk, Noah Gray, Jordan Mason, Lions. Overall exposure in the top 150. 78% Jordan Mason coming up. So not 96%. The Sims are not saying you have to have Jordan Mason everywhere. But obviously a lot of Jordan Mason does feel like the Sims would like you to play Jordan Mason and Tony Pollard if you can. Uh, Christian Kirk coming up 65% of the time. So still definitely looking like good chalk at the 3k salary. Um, obviously you have enough other wide receiver spots that can get there too. Um, but yeah, this is really, it's very clear. Again, the Sims are just lining very much with the projections and that's what that's going to be. Chargers East looking like good chalk as well. 53% ownership. It wants you to get 39% more. So all the top projected plays, the Sims really would like you to get a lot more leverage against, and that's going to be noteworthy for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Look, sometimes I like I have it's tough love here on the channel sometimes, but like I, I don't know how Gamblestein can be that wrong and that vo that voluminous in chats being wrong. <laughs> so he has to take a five minute break. I hope it clears his head. And if I lose him as a paying member for it, I apologize, Gamblestein. But frankly, sometimes you got to break a few eggs <laughs> to make an omelet. Uh, Justin Jefferson here coming up a lot as well. Surprised to see that. Um, obviously, CD Lamb, the play that we would like, but CD Lamb coming in basically projected me with the field on ownership. So the Sims do not like CD Lamb in the spot, but rather you go to a different direction, another upside receiver. So that's pretty tough to see. Um, if you guys have any stacks you want me to look up, drop in the chat now because we're going to do that in a second here. Uh, the guys that it really wants you to get less than the field of Amon Ross St. Brown, under 9% more or under 9% than the field, Rashad White. Fuck me, eight percent less than the field. Uh, the Sims basically say do not play Rashad White at all. So, I guess we got unique from the Sims for our, our hand built lineup, but that's not the thing we want to see. Uh, Austin Neckler minus seven percent than the field. Uh, Saquon Barkley minus seven percent from the field. Mike Evans, so not pushing us towards Bucks either. Which you would think if you're not playing CD Lamb, you play Mike Evans to hope you get that cheaper upside, but um, that's okay. But I do an AOC doubled White and Adams. I don't know what Adam's motivation is this week. I kind of feel like if I were, you know, again, if I'm the Raiders and, and coaches are not going to do what I do, obviously, and Antonio Pierce is playing for the job. And, and this week, Devontae Adams, Max Crosby, both publicly came out hoping Pierce keeps the job. Maybe Adams gets the full run and puts up one more big game as his show of solidarity with Antonio Pierce. But if I'm the Raiders, I think you want to see Trey Tucker out there more. You want to see your guys that haven't gotten a lot of run this year. And you want Devontae Adams to maybe he gets a few catches and he calls it a day and yields the young guys. Um, so I would not trust the Adams part. I would trust the Zemir White part, though, because he's auditioning for either a role next year as the lead back for the Raiders or he's auditioning for another team. So I think for Zemir White, um, I think he's very much a lock play. AOC, I guess AOC is kind of auditioning too, uh, but the Adams part of that I kind of have some trouble with. 
Shroud slash Nico slash Devin. Let's look at that. Can Shroud playing? Wait, no, we can't have that one because it's on the main slate. So no, I can't look at that. That's on the Saturday slate, unfortunately. Uh, but again, perfectly valid for the Saturday slate. And if you guys want me to look at the Saturday slate, we can do that pretty fast as well. Um, what the Sims are pushing for at Green Bay wide receiver and love stacks. Let's look at that and then uh, stack Green Bay. I know Christian Watson back limited this week. Uh, Jordan Love. So we're getting a QB plus one here. Um, also, uh, good shot Luke Musgrave plays this week or a, a shot he plays, I guess, after that lacerated kidney. So that was what we talked about the playoff best ball video too. But it uh, does seem like Musgrave getting closer to playing. We'll see, obviously, if he's active, but um, could be playing this week, essentially. Uh, Jordan Love, Kamara, Pollard, Jefferson. Jaden Reed is the pick here for the Sims. Uh, in a QB plus two, we're getting Jaden Reed with Aaron Jones. Are we getting any Christian Watson at all? Watson might not have a projection from Stochastic right now, would be my guess. Yeah, Christian, no, Christian Watson has a 7.8 projection, so I guess they're expecting him to play, but in limited fashion, potentially, coming off the hamstring. Um, but he's not coming up here with that low of a projection, so obviously we get that. Uh, this one has Wicks and Jaden Reed. So it really just feels like Jaden Reed. Um, Christian Watson comes in in this one as the QB plus one. But you're leaving $1,000 in salary on the table for this lineup uh, with Jordan Love, Alvin Kamara, Tony Pollard, DJ Moore, Christian Watson, Demario Douglas, uh, Jake Ferguson, Jordan Mason, Chargers. Okay. Tyrod Stacks. Let's look at that. Uh, Tyrod, two of them in the top 150. Very high ROI on this one. 322% ROI. Uh, Tyrod Taylor. Tony Pollard, Jordan Mason, CeeDee Lamb, Jamar Chase, Pop Douglas, Evan Ingram, Wandale Robinson is the one they're pairing with them. Uh, QB plus two for the Giants would be Tyrod, Tony Pollard, Jordan Mason, CeeDee Lamb, Jamar Chase, Wandale, Darius Slayton in this one, along with Trey McBride and Chargers D. What do I think about a Seattle sack? Isn't Gino playing for a bonus or something? Um, he's, I think, well, they're playing for a playoff spot, so that's the main thing. But I, I do think that they're low-owned enough that they're certainly worth it. Let's see if there's any, oh, a lot of top ROI lineups with Seattle. Wow. So the Sims actually seem to like Gino a lot. Um, there's a lot of lineups to have in there. It's safe now if you shut the fuck up about the Jacks. <laughs> but no, yes, you are safe, Gamblestein. I think we've we've proven our point, and I'm glad to have you back. Uh, Gino Smith, Alvin Kamara, Tony Pollard, Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, Pop Douglas, Noah Fant, Jordan Mason. Uh, so you're getting different from Trey McBride, who's going to be chalky this week, it seems. Uh, this one, another QB plus two with one opponent coming back. Geno Smith, Jameer Gibbs, Tony Pollard, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Demario Douglas, Trey McBride, Jordan Mason, and Chargers. <laughs> I, I think Seattle Stacks looks good. Uh, like I think you could go to Metcalf more so. We're get, getting a lot more Metcalf, it seems, than Lockett. This one is a Lockett build. Geno, Pollard, Chuba, Justin Jefferson, Lockett, Douglas, Trey McBride, Jordan Mason, Chargers. Pop Douglas is everywhere, man. Pop Douglas is really all over the place. Uh, but yes, that's... <laughs> Okay, thank thank you, Gamblestein. I like again. I I hope that the Titans win because it'll be a colossal disaster. It could result in Doug Peterson being fired. So sure, that and the Titans. Uh, but there's a lot of Geno lineups in here, so I think that Geno definitely a safe play to have. Of course, they are playing for the playoffs, and then Geno coming up pretty well in the Sims. Um, 
Gino's also for like for these kind of incentives, I really wouldn't worry about that much. Like Gino got paid pretty well in that last contract. So I don't think a 250 incentive, like the Baker, instead of doubling his contract, like that's a lot for Baker, even though Baker's probably made enough money too. For Gino, though, like a 250K incentive, I, I think. The incentive stuff's been a big conversation point this week. I do think they have some relevance. At this point, though, I think a lot of the edge has been beaten out of them. And, and sometimes too, uh chasing the incentive stuff can put you on the bad plays. I think the things to really chase are like, is this team playing for a playoff spot or not? Seattle's playing for a playoff spot. So I think that's the main thing I would try to look at. Uh, Jones getting some nice projections. Dylan has yet to practice. Yeah, Dylan. Dylan's also like dust. Like Dylan is one of the fastest dusts ever, but he's definitely dust. Um, anything else here? Oh, would I assume that if Dallas got up, so they take the foot off the pedal, it's because they already got there. Yeah, I mean, I think they're not going to get pressed by Washington necessarily. Though Howell has done this before. Obviously, last year, how he got the starting job was pressing Dallas. Um, let's look at Dallas stacks because I, I think this is interesting to look at a little bit more because um, we did not get a lot of Dak and honestly got less CeeDee Lamb than I would have thought too. So this one, Dak, Pollard, Jordan Mason, CeeDee Lamb, Jamar Chase, Pop Douglas, Chig, Ronnie Bell, Lions. All right, uh, so you're getting a, a double stack here with, uh, with Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb. I don't know. I feel like the projections really push people towards Dallas. I'm not dying to get full Dallas stacks or, or heavy Dallas stacks here, but that one's a high ROI one. So we can do that. Um, I would say for Dallas, like if they get there in the first half, like, yeah, they probably do. I don't know why they would risk anything. Like they clearly still value Tony Pollard enough, even though he hasn't get, gotten there, but maybe they do want to build some confidence. I, I kind of, you, you could talk me on either side of that one. So I don't really don't want to give a take that I don't fully believe in for Dallas. Um, but I think for them, like, you know, getting Tony Pollard right should probably be a priority for the week. So maybe they call off the pass game and they like, and I think that's a very likely outcome that they have success and call off the pass game. I'm not sure they would pull Tony Pollard though. Cause like he just needs some touchdowns, some good runs to kind of, I think get his juju continuing to go in the right direction. Um, anything else we should look at here? What are the other teams that have motivation that we really want to look at? Actually, let's look at game stacks with motivation because that could be kind of interesting. Um, Atlanta, New Orleans. Okay, let's. We saw New Orleans had a top stack priority. Let's look at Atlanta. So Taylor Heineke, Alvin Kamara, Jordan Mason, CeeDee Lamb, Jefferson, Drake, London, London and Pitts with Chris Conley coming back uh, from the Niners would be this one. So getting leverage against the potentially chalky Ronnie Bell, uh, getting Bengals D in here going against uh, Jeff Driscoll. All right. I don't know that I want to play an Atlanta stack. Heineke's not shown a lot of ceiling, but I think there's logic if you're getting some Derek Carr popping up. So at least think about Atlanta. Baker stack, sure. Any stack you guys want, I'm willing to give them today because I'm not going to do a battle royale. I feel like that one I have even less confidence in <laughs> than a TFS slate. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Alvin Kamara, Tony Pollard, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Christian Kirk, Jake Ferguson, Jordan Mason, Lions. Uh, you are getting a good amount of QB plus two here. Still not getting Rashad White in these uh, these Tampa Bay stacks. It's all Evans Godwin. So Evans Godwin, two guys under 10% projected ownership, playing for their playoff lives, uh, playing for that Baker Mayfield bonus as well. I think Baker stacks are valid. I do think that Rashad White, though, I, I'm shocked. Like Rashad White, to me, is like a strong anti-SIM play. Um, the one thing I would say is a caveat to Rashad White. His usage pattern was really weird last week uh, where, again, I was watching that entire game because of how important he was to my DK Millie Maker lineup. Um, Chase Edmonds like was getting a lot of work. Um, I think they even had Keyshawn Vaughn in for a few snaps. Like it wasn't, it wasn't all Rashad White and kind of the thesis of Rashad White is him getting 20, 25 touches. So uh, I think that for, for that, for Rashad White, like I like him, but I, I guess I get why the projections might be a little bit low relative to his salary and he's not getting into the Sims. 
Would I do CD and Ferguson without Dak? Yes, but I still think the most plus EV move is to play, try to just play one cowboy and try to get away from that crush of stuff because like this slate is obviously it's not, you know, it's not a two game slate where we talk about the principles of a two game slate or a three game slate are very similar to showdown, but because there's just less teams available and because there's less teams, people are going to have confidence in actually playing. And again, you have people like, like Pete who are out there, of course, who were like, just saying like, Hey, GPPs fucking suck. Don't play week 18. I think people are going to be adverse to play like any sort of teams that have any risk. So because the Cowboys don't have risk of like their motivation, I think people are going to flock to them really heavy. So I still think just playing one Cowboy is like, is the move overall, even though I, I get it. Like you want to get all the points going against the commanders. But um, to me, I think one Cowboy, if I had to guess what's in a winning lineup, I think it's one Cowboy. Cause like every configuration of two plus Cowboys is going to get diced up. And I think for you to win, especially at like at less entries, I would try to play less than more. Um, other stacks we can look at here. Who else is of interest potentially? Pittsburgh and Baltimore is on Saturday. Tampa Bay, Carolina. We covered Tampa Bay, Philly, Chicago, Green Bay. We covered that. Really, nothing else to note. I'm curious for one thing here. This is really just for my notification edification than anything. Jeff Driscoll runs. So Jeff Driscoll, I think, intriguing as a concept. Um, Driscoll's salary this week. A 4,000 flat salary for a guy who runs terrible projection. But I kind of think with what we've seen from Cleveland, where they have found ways to win with every quarterback they've had this year, obviously Flacco has looked the best by a wide margin. I kind of think Driscoll's vaguely interesting. I, I do, for full disclosure, have like a little bit of a historical boner for Driscoll because he does run and he like kind of looks frisky out there in a way that that speaks to what I like out of QBs. Uh, but Driscoll here in this lineup, Driscoll, Tony Pollard, Zamir White, David Bell, Justin Jefferson, Chris Olave, Jordan Aiken, CeeDee Lamb, and Chargers. So because we're not going to get Njoku, we're not going to get Amari Cooper, also not likely to get Elijah Moore, you're getting a really cheap stack here with Bell and Aikens, and the hope would be that these guys fill in and get you know 70% of the combined roles of Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore and, and David Njoku. Um I, I think Driscoll's kind of intriguing this week because he's going to run. Like, he's going to run five to ten times this game. I'm pretty confident in that. Um, and he's a big dude and, like, some touchdown equity, I think. Uh, Jeff Driscoll's had, what, one spike game and one fine game? The rest are garbage -o. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we got to remember the one spike week or the two spike weeks, whatever the case may be. We actually we can look it up at Fantasy Cruncher because he'll be in here. We'll get to the bottom of it. And we'll look at some more stacks, too, because why the fuck not? It's week 18. All right, so Jeff Driscoll's history. Let's get this in a prime time here. In the preseason, he put up 13.3 points, 16 for 26 day. That's that's a game. 20 points here, tw almost 20 here, 28 here. These are good games for a guy who's 4K. He's obviously a little bit older now. This is not bad. This is not bad. If you're only looking at this year, yeah, this year's not great because he was being used as like a, a skill position guy slash a gimmick player. Like this, this year... Let's let's remember 2019 pre-COVID Jeff Driscoll was a player who mattered. Gabbert. All right. Want to see Gabbert too. Let's look at Gabbert. But like, again, a 4K QB, like that doesn't happen. You don't even get 4K running backs. Yeah, 2019. 2019 was a great time, man. <laughs> I, had a, I had a lot of fun in 2019. I think that's, is that, no, I met my wife in 2018. But then we weren't, we, then we stopped hanging out together. We reconnected in 2019. So 2019 was a great year. I think you're being unfair, Tyler. Um, all right. 
Blaine Gabbert, Tony Pollard, Zamir White, CeeDee Lamb, Jamar Chase, Tyler Lockett, Noah Gray. I think the issue for the stacks with Gabbert is that I don't think the projections know anybody to play as a wide receiver with him, but you're getting McCole Hardman, Noah Gray. I also love seeing the views go down. It's like, if you guys don't want to hear about Jeff Triscoll and Blaine Gabbert, I don't know why you clicked on a week 18 video, <laughs> but you're going to hear about it, guys. The good old days of 2019, and we didn't have to worry about global pandemics. It's true. It's true. Simpler times. Last push to fade Pop Douglas. Two red zone targets all year. Really unlikely to break the slate. PPR, though. Like, it's still a PPR site. I don't know. 10 target Pop Douglas day to close out the year. Wouldn't shock me. And then he gets one touchdown. Like, that could be his day. Um, I don't know. I, I, I get it, Steve. Steve is our, our Patriots guy. Uh, and, and trust me, ch like, chalk Pop Douglas, he pops up a lot in these Sims, man, because he does get the work. Um, but I still think that he's a valid play. I worry, though. I agree with Steve on this part. The fact that Demario Douglas is coming up in, like, every lineup, a little bit uncomfortable is what I would say about that. Yelling at paid subscribers, better content than yelling about Jeff Driscoll. You can't even spell Jeff Driscoll's name right. The disrespect for Jeff Driscoll. I swear to God, guys, if you if Jeff Driscoll hits this weekend, I'm I'm, I'm telling you, I'm locking in right now. I'm gonna play some Jeff Driscoll this weekend. Like, there's no chance I'm not gonna. I'm probably gonna play in the Millie Maker. And can you imagine how unbearable I'm gonna be <laughs> if Jeff Driscoll wins the Millie Maker? That's the dream now. Oh, Gamblestein's my Patriots guy. Wow, you guys, you and Steve need to fight it out, Gamblestein. I can't go with that. Um, what other are there any other stacks we even have here? Let's see if there's any just popping up up top. Tennessee stack with Will Levis. Wouldn't that be the great irony if Will Levis goes out with a good game? Will Levis, Alvin Kamara, Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins is playing for a bonus too. Uh, Demario Douglas, Chig, Jordan Mason, Chargers. So this, if you did want to play the Jags, again, failing colossally in a way that's very disappointing, uh, Will Levis stack would be a way to do that. So you could do that. <laughs> oh, historical anomalies did want fields. My apologies, historical anomalies. Let's do that. Fields, and then we'll close it out here. Oh, I'm so congested. I hate it. Also, fucking exhausted today, guys. So uh, the reason I feel like I'm probably even more animated than usual is because I had to wake up at 1.30 this morning because uh, Luca had a bad dream. And I was like, did you have a bad dream, buddy? He's like, yeah. And I had to fucking take him to bed because Alex is out of town. So I am I am <laughs> running on fumes here. All right, let's look at Fields. Fields, Kamara. Kamara coming up everywhere. So if Kamara is out, I was really going to change these sims. Something to keep in mind. Uh, Gibbs, DJ Moore, Demario Douglas, Christian Kirk, Cole Komet, Tony Pollard, Lions, Fields, Kamara, Tony Pollard, Justin Jefferson. Let's see if we can find without Kamara. Jesus. Fields, Saquon. I don't trust the Saquon thing. Saquon, I'm sure will play hard, but he's going into another contract situation. I don't trust that very much. Uh, not, not much motivation for the Giants, in case you guys haven't heard. Uh, Tony Pollard, DJ Moore, Thielen, Pop, Douglas, Cole Komet. These are ugly fucking lineups, man. My God. Donate the idea, though, of like a DJ Moore, Cole Komet after Cole Komet put up that zero last week. I think that's kind of fun. Um, let's see. Justin Fields, Kamara again. Get out of here, Kamara. All right, here's one. Fields, Tony Pollard, Aaron Jones, Jamar Chase, DJ Moore, Christian Kirk, Cole Komet, Jordan Mason, Bengals. Kind of think Jamar Chase is like a one, two, three Cancun guy this week as well, but uh, he's in this lineup. He's a pivot point to CeeDee Lamb. I think really the Sims are really saying that like seating lands a little bit too overrun for his chances of being in a lineup. So that's why I'm getting a lot more Jefferson, getting a lot more Jamar Chase, but getting a lot more of that stuff. Finish the show with the blunt. That's the true AR stated relax. The true AR. Get out of here. 
his battery was playing too much Pop Douglas. I don't think that's what Luca's dreaming about. Um, all right, guys, I think that's I think that covers it. I, I think we've literally looked at every stack we have possible. Uh, so I hope that that covered it well enough for you guys. Uh, the main takeaway for week 18 is going to be one, everybody's playing Dallas. So I really feel like, and we don't usually do takeaways for the main slate, but because it is week 18, I'll give you guys three takeaways that I think would be a good way to build unique lineups. Play less Cowboys. Like I think people are going to really overstack that Cowboys game, try to capture it. It's very possible the commanders just file a shit game and you don't have to see much happen uh, for the Cowboys to get there and get this win. So I think Tony Pollard's still a valid play this week, but you could talk me into playing no Cowboys. You caught me into playing one Cowboy. I think that's really a good way to get away for the projections are going to push people towards. Um, number two would be in terms of trying to get unique. I think you could really play any stack you want this week. And I, I think that really um, people are going to try to play the safe stacks. I think if you're trying to play a lot of lineups, like try to lean more in terms of your portfolio on the safe stacks, the teams that are again on this football guys article, which actually I'll drop in the chat in case you guys want it just so you could see, and you don't have to pay for it here. All right. So yeah, so basically all the teams with motivations in here on the Football Guys article, I would say try to lean on that. You want to play stacks from teams that are playing for a playoff spot. I think that's how that goes. So uh, feeling okay about the uh, the approach with just playing QBs like Geno Smith, like Baker Mayfield, those stacks with safer ones. But don't sleep on the ones where it's like the Jeff Driscolls, where it is the guys, even the Blaine Gabberts. Like these are guys that are like getting their first shot in a while to put on something on tape that keeps them in the league, and that is a powerful motivational thing. And for a guy like Driscoll in particular, like Gabbert's a pure statue back there, like he's not going to do a lot. Driscoll can run, like so guys that can run that are playing, like I'm going to get a shot at maybe something. I don't know. I, I would take flyers on weird stacks even more than usual this week. Uh, third thing would be, I think you got to be willing to play some like some gross feeling running backs like Alvin Kamara is coming up because he's projectable. Aaron Jones coming up because he's projectable and playing for a playoff spot. Um, both guys actually technically playing for a playoff spot. Um, like I think there's a lot of guys coming up just because they're in a situation where the game matters and the projection is like, okay. And that's really not necessarily going to win you a tournament. What's probably going to win you a tournament is some guy who's like the Jordan Mason of, I don't know. The Eagles don't have a Jordan Mason, but like a Jordan Mason equivalent that nobody's talking about is probably a win somebody all the money. So I think that's something to keep in mind here. Like there's really obvious running back plays. And I don't think you want to just corner yourself to obvious running back plays because it would not shock me if there's a complete out of left field running back that's getting 100 yards and two touchdowns or something, maybe even more because it happens every week 18 every year. So those are my three takeaways, guys. But if you have any more, drop yours in the comments. Of course, make sure to subscribe down below. Hit that like button. We also do the reading of names here for all the people who joined Splash Play. So let's do that now. Of course, the community thriving right now. <laughs> in the chat from what I can see. But shout out to all these fine folks that was put on the show here. $5 a month here by hitting that join button. Historical Anomalies, Robert Griffin the Turd, Tyler, CLN, Willis, Rupesh, Mathology, Nick Hedlund, Ivan Black, Rodneath Robin, Port, Tony Mark, aka Mark, aka Tony, aka Io, Rob Van Nouten, Brandon Wagner, Consiglieri, Bullock, Nez, Aaron, Jake Twitchell, Matthew Emerson, fucking Alpha, I am the KY, Kevin Castro, Eric Jones, Sammy, Gamblestein, the great Gamblestein, what a performance in chat today, Lateralis, Go Birds, Primetime KG, Eric Swift, Lunchable Connoisseur, Colin, Mr. Shadow Dog, Nick Williams, Felix Castro, Green Checkmark, Chunk the Deuce, Short Gamer, Carlos Manzo, Jay Stress, Burgess News, NorCal Copot, Shellez, 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 Nick Pathora, uh, Rashid Grant, Mr. TD, Likeness Monster, Derek Mullen, Al Paul, Mr. Mr., and the Snowman. There we go. Those are the people we're thanking this week. Thank you to all of you for helping me put on a show. I wish you guys the best. Oh, I should take this off my face. 
I wish you guys the best of luck for week 18. Of course, if you want to get some good sports bets in, check out probably my app, of course, does a great job every day for me. I've been winning a lot of money, betting a lot more on DraftKings just because I don't have as many NFL DFS slates. It's been working out well. I'm almost, actually, I almost had a seven-leg parlay, which was fucking one leg away, which I decided I, we know parlays, and I should have taken them all straight bets, but uh, probably data point being will help you win more money. We track the winningest sports books around the world to find you the true probabilities of every bet, and then we use that data to get you the best bets in live and in real time throughout the course of a day. It will help you win money. It'll help you a lot more than the prop stock cash is the outliers of the world out there. So if you want to make money to afford your bankroll for best ball next year for DFS sports betting, I think is the way to do it. Like really and truly uh, the results have been there for us. Hopefully it'll be there for you too. Check it out at probably.com slash subscribe and use promo code first to save yourself 50%. And uh, here we go. Shout out to Tyler. Let's fucking go. It's the weekend you've been dying for y'all. I agree. This is the weekend we're all dying for. Appreciate all you guys being here. We'll be back on Monday with what? I don't know, but we'll be back on Monday doing it. So I'll see you guys then. Enjoy your weekends and good luck, whether it be cash games or GPK tournaments. If I don't take it down, I hope you do. I'll see you soon. Bye.